Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on what part of this beautiful globe you are watching or listening to this from. Welcome to the Dissect Podcast. I am your host presenter, Newton. I am excited to be doing this with you guys again, and I'm so grateful for the support shown to this platform the entire 2021. And we're back at it again this year, tackling issues pertaining to mental health, career guidance, relationships, and lifestyle in general, amongst a myriad other topics that we will handle on this very platform. Welcome to this episode, the first of 2022. To do this episode with me is none other than a very close friend of mine. He is none other than Lubanda Hamwendo. He's a clinical psychiatrist here today to discuss mental health and mental illness. Lubanda, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you for having me. Awesome. I'm glad to finally have you here. It's been a a, a minute. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a moment. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So how are you? How's 2022 going so far? Well, I'm, I'm okay. Okay, 2022 so far is going great. We just hope that uh, it will will become better as we we go on. Yeah, but so far, so good. Right, Uh, right. So as Eddie alluded to, today we'll be discussing mental health and mental illness. Basically just defining what these terms are, what they mean, and trying to drive it home, clearly home, where we can all understand what these concepts are, how they affect you and how they affect me, and how they ultimately affect our society. So just getting into the topic, straight into it, maybe help us understand um, from your profession as a clinical psychiatrist, what is the understanding of mental health? What is mental health? In words we can understand. Well, uh, well uh, according to the World Health Organization, I think that definition is, is very, very simple. That's that uh, mental health is a state of well-being in which the individual realizes or his or her own potential can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. So that's basically what uh, what mental health is. Um, yeah, that's, that's the simplest definition I think I've ever seen about mental health. Interesting, and that's a packed definition right there. So the individual is supposed yeah. to realize their abilities, um, their capabilities rather and be able to cope with the normal stresses of life, be productive yes. and contribute to society. That's a that's that's quite a lot. Yes, it is. Uh, so basically when we, we look at the different mental illnesses that we have, we know that there's obviously a disorder or a disruption uh, or a dysfunction in any of these. The person is not able to realize their abilities are able to contribute to their societies are not able to work productively and wherever you go if you go to depression anxiety schizophrenia bipolar mood disorders or anything you see that there is a dysfunction in if not all of them but one one or two of these so maybe perhaps let's start by unpacking this definition which is nicely knitted together when we talk about yeah. realizing my capabilities what does that entail okay it, 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 it entails you you need to understand what you're able to do your your limitations as well as um, uh, things that you can do obviously uh, a very good symptom for a person who uh, is, is probably who has probably bipolar mood disorder and they have bipolar mood disorder one and they're in their manic phase. Uh, they'll have a problem or a delusion or a symptom that we call grandia. This is why they feel they're of uh, self-importance. They feel they have very special powers. They'll talk about them being able to 
cure diseases, saying that they are prophets, saying that they're able to teleport or to do different things that, that are absurd. Uh, these are people who whose self-esteem is inflated, like they feel they can they can do almost everything. So they're not able to realize their abilities. Then if we were to go back, uh, we go back to probably depression. We know that a person who is depressed uh, who have lots of esteem. They feel they're not good enough. When, for example, you're a musician and you're depressed, you feel that you you are not aware of your abilities. So, in in, in simple terms, that's what um, um, the ability has to do with them. We know that uh, we all face stresses in life, uh, but a person with uh, sound mental health is able to cope with whatever stress they have. If uh, today you what to lose a job god forbid you know that uh, you probably be depressed after a, uh, a short time you go through the denial the anger the, the depression the bargaining and finally the acceptance but we know that for a person who has a mental illness for example they'll have a hard time they'll have adjustment disorders they'll be failing to adjust probably they lost a beloved one and these are people that will see uh fall into depression crying always or maybe develop another sort of um, mental disorder so they're not able to cope with the uh, normal stresses of life I, mind you i meant i i said normal so that things that are normal you should be able to cope with for example a loss of a beloved one a loss of a job or anything else so those are considered as normal mental health and an individual should be able to cope with that then uh, they can work productively and fruitfully uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen um, people on the streets people who who are mad for lack of a better term they'll move from one destination to the next probably move three kilometers but at the end of the day there's no productivity in that but a person who has sound mental health is able to uh work productively we know that if a person has uh, any form of a disorder a mental health disorder the problem will be a disruption in their social occupational life so these are people who probably will have a hard time concentrating at work or have a hard time um, um probably doing the work that they've been taught to do and then it goes back that they are not able to uh to realize their ability maybe and so they're not able to work productively and fruitfully and they should be able to contribute to their community so it goes back to you being able to work productively and fruitfully you should be able to agree and to contribute in any way it could be socially economically or in any way possible to your community you should be able to have sustainable relationships with those around you and to make contributions to their lives you don't need to give them money but probably with a few things that you're able, to, yeah, you're able to do for them, probably uh, it, it could be, it, it could be maybe you you have you you have a community project, and then maybe the drainages are uh, there's a problem with the drainages, and people are saying, no, oh, let's clean them up, and the person should be able to make such contributions to his or her community. So if you have a disruption in any of these things, then obviously there must be a problem with your mental health and probably you might, you might have a mental illness. Lovely. I think that could, couldn't be better explained. Thank you very much for that, um, the clarity on the definition. I think that's, that's very clear and it's, it's been brought home to our understanding. Now, just around this state of well-being, this mental health um, state, um, what are the risk factors for, of, of losing it? What things would threaten um, my mental health? Or what things make me more susceptible to losing my mental health? So generally, we uh, have what we call the biopsychosocial model in, in mental health. So the biopsychosocial model tells you about the causes of mental illnesses, what makes you susceptible to developing a mental illness. Uh, so uh, we, we have the, the bow simply, uh, the bow is biological, then you have the sociological and the psychological causes 
uh, or anything that makes you susceptible. Then um, again, we have what we call precipitating factors. So there are these things that make you susceptible, but there are things that would actually precipitate the mental illness. Then there are what we call uh, perpetuating factors. Uh, perpetuating factors are things that will make it very hard for you to actually be treated um, uh, successfully of any mental illness that you have. Then you have what you call uh, predisposing factors. Um, so when when we look predisposing factors are things that predispose you to having a mental illness. But this is the biopsychosocial model and these three things that we've spoken about usually in, uh, interact with, uh, with, with, with each other. So the biological factors are start from there. So there are things that that are of a biological nature that predispose you to developing a mental illness. So when you talk about biological factors, the very first thing that is that that you have a person in the family, uh, your, your, your immediate family, or maybe even your distant family who has a mental illness of any kind. And when I mention the mental illness, I also mean the secondary mental illnesses such as drug misuse disorders. So if you have any of that, or if you have a relative who has probably schizophrenia, bipolar mood disorder, uh, uh, depression, anxiety disorders, phobic disorders, and all of these problems, then you are susceptible to developing any mental illness as well. Could be what they're suffering from, so it's schizophrenia, you're like, most likely to have schizophrenia as well, or you can have depression or anything else. So we, we have that. Then we have environmental factors as well. Sometimes it's not that you have the gene that causes a mental illness, or you, you inherited it from a parent or, or anyone else. But uh, the reason why you might be susceptible to developing a mental illness like a parent who's had a mental illness before is simply because you are brought up in the same environment. So that some environments, for example, that make it very hard uh, for people to have uh, uh, sound mental health. Uh, then we, we, we and, and, and a very good example of this, we know that uh, most of the mood disorders uh, when you talk about mood disorders, you're talking about things such as depression and, and so on. Things that normally lead to suicide. Uh, we, f- we find that most of them, 79% of them, actually happen in low and middle income countries. So when you're talking about a country uh, and, and, and the, the income, we are talking about the environment, stresses and, and, and all of that. Then you also have, you also have uh, sex. So we know that women, for example, there are some conditions that are very exclusive to women only. For example, postpartum depression. Here's a woman who's given birth and after six months of giving birth, she goes into depression. Or here's a woman who's given birth and she has postpartum psychosis within six months of giving birth. So those ones, you only find them in uh, women. So we know that uh, schizophrenia, for example, is very common in men rather than women. So you also have that uh, that, uh, that 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 gender barrier across uh, uh, the the two sexes that we have. So uh, different genders have this susceptibility that they have with different mental illnesses. Then, if we were to move from that, or maybe, uh, for example, if we were to talk about uh, diseases or diseases of any kind could be infectious diseases. I'm sure you know that uh, uh, malaria, untreated malaria, that is very serious, causes a form of psychosis. Uh, Then we know that uh, HIV and AIDS, there's what you call HIV and AIDS dementia complex. Uh, So it would cause a mental illness, so HIV and AIDS can also cause a mood disorder or what we call HIV-induced psychosis. So you have these uh, illnesses. And the first two I've mentioned are obviously uh, contagious diseases, so you, you, you get them from somewhere. But uh, if we talk about a disease that's not contagious but might cause a mental illness, we'll talk about conditions such as uh, 
such as uh, epilepsy. We know that epilepsy um, would cause a mental illness, and that's the reason why you find that epileptic individuals are treated from psychiatric uh, facilities. So, in case they have any mental breakdown or any mental issues as a result of the epilepsy, which is uh, a neurological condition or basically a medical condition, then a psychiatrist would treat them. So those are the biological factors. Then we go to the psychological factors. So psychological factors that would predispose you to uh, have a disruption in your normal mental health. And number one, um, a lack of attachment. Uh, you know that the relationship that exists between a child and the mother is very, very important. But it's all the disruption, especially between the ages of and three years old. Maybe the mother died or the mother wasn't uh, there always for the child. She was rarely, uh, rarely around. Then obviously uh, a child is more predisposed to having uh, mental illnesses. Then we talk about... Um, uh, trauma. So if you were brought up in an environment where your parents or, or, or you grew up in an environment where there was, uh, there was a civil war or any kind of, uh, any, any, any kind of, uh, disruption in peace, then obviously you're most likely to have a mental illness. Then, uh, uh sexual abuse as well, physical abuse and any form of child abuse can, pre- can predispose an individual to developing a mental illness when they grow up. Then psychological, uh, sociological obviously would need to, maybe you coming from a poor, uh, or like they say now, a humble background. So you 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 you, you grew up in poverty, that's predisposed to having a mental illness. Then maybe they say that for men who are not married or who are not in stable relationships by the ages of 35, these people are more likely to have mental illnesses. So you are divorced, you've been retrenched, or you've been fired from work, that can predispose you. Or if you're a widow, a widow, all of that can predispose you under the sociological factors of mental illnesses. So those are just some of the few things that can predispose an individual to having a disruption in mental health. So, well, after understanding these factors that obviously I'm sure as you speak someone listening is we're obviously gauging ourselves and seeing which factors amongst the biological factors, psychological factors and sociological factors do I have okay so um, after I understand that to a certain degree I'm sure some, most of us are susceptible, well factors in different areas maybe not everything but some of these factors are obviously present in our lives and we know to a certain degree some more than others are more susceptible to suffering from you know mental illnesses after i understand that um Mm. i am susceptible to a certain degree um whether it's by by my sex or by certain um situations or conditions i was exposed to growing up when i understand that i'm susceptible to um suffering from a mental illness what do i do to protect myself i'm basically talking about the things that i can change obviously i cannot change my sex or change my past if i was abused growing up however there's a lot other things that i could change so what thing what can i do to to protect myself and to secure my my mental health state. Okay, uh, I'm happy that you asked uh, that question. Uh, obviously, you understand that um, uh, when you have, for example, a parent who is hypertensive or any history of hypertension in your family, or epilepsy or asthma, uh, you are more likely to have uh, could be hypertension or epilepsy or asthma. From a medical point of view, but if you take very good care of yourself, for example, my my mom is hypertensive, and one of the things that I'm doing is actually I wash water carefully so that I don't develop the hypertension as well. And I've been checking my my BP or my blood pressure most of the times. It's on the lower side, so it means I'm doing a very good job, and I'm most I'm most likely not going to have hypertension. 
So on the medical side, we know that we can do that. Then it's it's good to, to know as well to know that you can do the same on the on the on the psychological side or on the psychiatric side. So the very fact that you have a mother or a father or anyone in the family who has a mental illness is not 100% cast in stone that you have a mental illness as well. So that some things that you can do for yourself that can help you. One of the things that you can do actually, number one, is that you think positively. So uh, when you read uh, different books, I think they'll emphasize on this point to say, the man is a product of his thought. So if you think positively, then it's going to help you. Then you know that most of our thoughts are based on what we see, number one, what we listen to, and what we read. So it's not on, you should not only think positively, but you should make sure that you read positively. You read material that's going to help you, you listen to material uh, that's going to help you. During the pandemic, we're telling people to say, you, you already know everything that there is to know about COVID-19. You know that you're supposed to wash your hands. You know that you're not supposed to touch your eyes or, or, or touch your, your nose or your mouth. Uh, and the reason why we're telling them this is simply because the more they kept on listening to depressing news, hearing about the numbers of people who had died, uh, the more likely it was for them to develop depression or anxiety disorders. So uh, news is very important, but make sure you listen to news that will help you sometimes. Do not read depressing things, um, read posit- positively, watch positive movies and, and all of that, that will help you. Then the other thing is you practice affirmation. Uh, affirmation uh, will, will help you with a lot of things. It will help you in depression. It will help you in anxiety disorders. It will help you in phobic disorders. It will also help you in drug misuse disorders. So the practice of affirmation uh, can really help you. If you have loss of esteem, which again can cause a mental illness. If you have low self-esteem and the low self-esteem is coming uh, from maybe the way you look, it would be helpful to stand in the mirror every day and to say to yourself, to say, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, maybe 20 times a day, and that will help and improve your your, your esteem. And then uh, the other thing that- Do you, do do you well, practice affirmations yourself? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, 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 I I speak a lot. So I am like, I usually go to churches to, to speak and I have I've always had this issue, but I've seen that ever since I started practicing affirmation, uh, it's really helped me. I, I do it a lot. I don't know if you do. I have been trying to, but I get on it and then I'm off the wagon again and it's been on and off. So I can't really attest to um maybe the, the the actual full-blown impact that it that, that, that it brings but i've obviously heard a lot of people that um allude to the positive effects that come as a result of affirmations what are some of the affirmations that you say to yourself um i'm good at what i do okay. i love my job yeah so i could i'm good at what i do i'm good at what i do i'm good at what i do or probably if my work is depressing me because I know obviously the reason why I'm in this field is because I love it. So I would say to myself, I love my job, I love my job, I love my job. And I've seen that uh, it's really helpful. Well, let's do this. Uh, we're likely to have another episode. So right. you, can just, you can just pick out something that you're struggling with, then just practice affirmation. Uh, I don't know what you're struggling with. Then uh, we'll review when we have the next segment and we'll see if it's, it's going to help you. Awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're so saying the, think positively, practice affirmations. Then what else the third do? to exercise. So right. uh, yeah, you you need to exercise. I'll, I'll give you a very good example. A very good example is what we do or what I have done in the past for individuals or women who've come and reported that they're having um, episodes of depression, irritability, uh, just before their menstrual cycle. And we term that condition as premenstrual dysphoric syndrome. 
So most of the time they tell you that before you go to antidepressants, what you can do is that you eat healthy, you exercise and do all of these things. And I have seen, I think about five women that I've seen, most of them, they just exercise and they didn't need any antidepressant. Exercise really helps them. And then the reason for this is simply because uh, when you exercise, the body will produce more serotonin, which is responsible for your mood, the dopamine as well. Then it will produce uh, endorphin, endorphin which probably just reduces the stress levels in the body. So exercising is a very, very good way to do what? To help yourself have uh, a stable mental health or to prevent any mental illnesses. People who exercise have been shown to have less episodes of stress, low mood, and uh, and probably being excited a little too much, which might be uh, uh, manic or hypermania as which in bipolar mood disorder. So when you exercise, it's going to help you. Then the other thing is that you But is it, is it every any type of exercise or the particular um, exercises that one should engage in to achieve these benefits? Any form of uh, physical exercise um, is helpful because I know that uh, some of us live in places where it's, it's, it's literally impossible for you to go to the gym. So I, right. I wouldn't crucify someone to say to improve your mental health, you need to go to the gym because obviously then even I have never been to a gym in a long time. But uh, the thing that I do, obviously, uh, I, I use um, resistant bars. I use resistant bars and I walk a lot and that has really helped me. So it, it could be anything, anything that just can be termed as exercise. could be walking or jogging or swimming or anything uh, that can help you. Basically, we're just looking at anything that is physical in nature and can be termed as exercise. Okay. Right. Yes. Uh, then the other thing is that you eat healthy. Um, the, there's a very big relationship between the body and the mind, the physical body and the mind as well. If the body, the physical body is healthy, then obviously your mind is going to be healthy. So you eat as much as you can of natural products. So you stay away from junk foods, you eat healthy products and uh, natural products, and that's going to help you a lot especially foods that are rich in vitamin b foods that are rich in vitamin b have been shown to uh, obviously help you with uh, with your memory for example remembering and we know that a lot of people now uh other people are suffering from dementia and alzheimer's disease but if you are to eat more of natural foods uh it would help them but not only eating natural foods but you can also look for supplements look for zinc i uh, I, I read somewhere, this is uh, still uh, something that's, uh, that's under research. So uh, what I read was that uh, lack of zinc in the body can lead to psychosis and they attributed to it to uh, men who, who actually masturbate a lot. It has been a study that was done and it showed that uh, these men are more predisposed to having things such as schizophrenia or psychotic uh, disorders. But so if uh, uh, a low zinc levels in their body lead to schizophrenia or psychotic mental illnesses, then obviously having supplements or eating foods that are rich in zinc would definitely help you a lot. Awesome. Interesting. Yeah. I think. Then, yes, go on. Uh, then we, we, we got to the fifth one, but maybe before we got to the fifth one, I, I you had something to say. Well, I was going to ask, well, when it comes to the, the, the food types, you just said zinc supplements and vitamin B specific. On the yes. Zambian market, what specific foods are we actually talking about? Um, on the Zambian market, we were talking about things such as nuts. Uh, uh, we we have um, for for zinc there is what you call this uh, pumpkin pumpkin leaves and pumpkin seed that can okay. really really help you. Then you yeah anything that's natural you can get. I know that uh, with carrots it's vitamin A isn't it? Uh, right. But anything I'm not just uh, 
uh, giving you vitamin B and zinc, but anything that's natural. So a lot of fruit, a lot of uh, vegetables would, would, would help you. Essentially, it's essentially a balanced diet, except it's, it should be sufficient in, the, in these specific um, nutrients, the vitamin B. Yes, uh, balanced diet. I'm, I'm trying to remember what my uh, my lecturer in nutrition told me about. They said we've moved from a, a balanced diet. If I remember, if I remember it, I'm going to tell you. But basically, yeah, we can still do with the balanced diet, and it's going to help us. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then you you focus on positive things. Uh, a, a symptom that's very common in people who have depression, people who end up committing suicide at the end of the day, is, is that of being feeling hopeless, helpless, and uh, feelings of guilt. And also mentioned low self-esteem. We should understand that no one has everything, no one has it all. So uh, there are things that you probably have that I don't have, and there are things that I have that you do not have. So it would be helpful if you focus on the positives. So you focus on the positives and that's going to help you. Focusing on the negatives is obviously very detrimental to your mental health. Then you connect with others. It, it's very, very important that you, you, you have a social network, you have friends, because obviously the old adage is true that a problem shared is a problem solved. So if you have any problems, these people are going to, 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 to act as a shock absorber to help you through whatever problem that you are suffering from. Uh, most people in mental health actually thought that during the pandemic, we're going to have more cases of depression and suicide. But it's fascinating to note that the cases of suicide actually dropped by 3% around the world during COVID. And if you were to ask me the reason why, I think the reason is simply because people spend time at home and to connect with their families and that improves their mental health. So if just we have... Just with each other. Yes, yes, yes. It's very, very important that we, we should find time to, to just hang around with friends, hang around with, with family. And, and the world is very simple now. So you don't really, obviously... Being there physically with someone is much more different than you being there virtually. But if you are not able to be there physically, you can obviously use uh, these platforms that we have. You can use WhatsApp, you can use Facebook and just talk to them over a video call and that will help you a lot. So you try to connect with people. And then that's why we, we see that during uh, group therapies, that's why we have uh, something that we call group therapies, which is a very effective way of counseling people because you have different people. One is struggling with probably depression because they lost a job. The other one is struggling with depression because they have chronic illness. And when these people come together, they are able to complement each other. And that connection is helpful for their mental health. Then uh, the other thing is that you physical health. So... At the times that your physical, your mental health is going to, to struggle, uh, we, we all have moments like that before, uh, always. Sorry, we all, all have memories like that, one of at least a few times, but uh, uh, looking for quick fixes is not going to help you. Because, for example, if I'm feeling low and to smoke weed or drink alcohol and gain in binge drinking, binge drinking obviously it's just going to worsen my condition if i feel low and and then want to engage in sexual frivolity obviously probably i might get uh, a, a sexual or, or a chronic uh, sexually transmitted diseases that chronic uh, transmitted uh, uh, sexual disease is actually going to affect my mental health so you avoid quick fixes and you maintain uh, your you maintain your you maintain your physical health that's going to help you then you develop coping skills obviously so you look at your hobbies when you're low or you feel your mental health is failing then you resort to that not the quick fixes then when you feel that you it's 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 uh it's unbearable even when it's not unbearable but when you feel there's something wrong 
obviously you seek professional help and then the problem that we have most times most times is that most people who actually are brought to the hospital as, as brought in there these are people who were sick at at home but they thought okay maybe let me take paracetamol and amoxicillin and I'll be fine let me let me stop medicate and the condition actually had advanced and till it becomes terminal and it kills them but if these people had gone to the hospital and seen a physician earlier then obviously they wouldn't have died and the same thing happens actually for mental illnesses so when you see that uh, you're struggling even in moderate ways it's better that you seek professional help rather than you waiting until the problem is terminal because because it becomes very hard for you to be treated so those are a few things that we can do to actually just uh, protect our mental health interesting um i'm learning so much this is actually very interesting um so tell me something what then uh, because most of the times when we hear about cases of um say depression or suicide and when people come up uh, out about you know these things and and they speak out about their experiences i know this firsthand because once you talk about the yeah. mental health situation or illness people are like i didn't see it oh my god yeah. when did this happen you know it wasn't visible um to us we didn't know it was an evident and you know all that stuff so maybe um, let's clarify also what things am i looking out for especially in those in people around me what things am i looking out for that would suggest that there is um a threatening mental illness or there's an actual mental illness present in this moment in people around me what things would i be you know looking out for specifically oh. Okay. Um, it's basically very hard for you to tell because uh, like uh, conditions which are, are physical and you'd be able to tell from um, uh, from how a person is looking. For example, if you you have any sort of medical condition, you have a, you have a skin disease, uh, a physician will just basically look at you, or anyone who is not even a physician will look at you and say there's a problem, but this is something that's happening internally it's in the mind so it's very very hard so you 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 find that when when people like robbie williams committed suicide people like he looks to be a very happy being but what what led to this uh so it, it, it it's a bit hard um it, it's like uh, saying what are the signs and symptoms for uh a disease or a general medical condition uh, condition obviously we have a lot we have malaria we have hiv and then we have always our conditions so it becomes hard but maybe maybe uh we, we can maybe pick three which are which are which are very which are common in all of the mental illnesses that we have number one is deviance so if behavior is deviant from what is um from what is known to be correct any deviant behavior of any sort which has no explainable cause then it becomes a problem there must be a problem with uh, with uh, with an individual then if there's any dysfunction or maladaptive behavior by that i mean uh behaviors that stop you from adopt, adapting to new or difficult difficult circumstances being overly susceptible or inappropriate coping to stress being unable to be productive to to interact or to form relationships as well as moving from one relationship to another too often or having relationships that are too short then obviously if you're having a problem with forming a relationship Today you are with this group of friends. Tomorrow we ask you about the group of friends that you have. No, they say something bad about me, so I'm not with them anymore. And the same thing tomorrow. The other day again, you are with different uh, friends. The friend that you are with today, obviously they did something wrong. Then obviously there's a problem. You moving from one having a problem uh, forming relationships, and you moving from one relationship to another too soon. 
can be a sign then you having problems adjusting it's normal for you to show exams and then maybe it's not normal for grade 7 and grade 9 but for you who is in college or maybe even grade 9 normal because sometimes you study sometimes it not come so it's normal for you to 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 fail but if you're having a, a a hard time coping with such losses in life so you failed your exam last year in uh in 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 in, in October this is February 2022 but you're still you're still fixated on the previous losses and you are crying about how you solve the exam then obviously there's is a problem then you know that a person like this one will be isolated so most of the time a person who has a mental illness will be isolated they will have this loss in personality which is different then any behavior which is dangerous to yourself or to others that can be a sign of a mental illness so here is a here is a person who just cuts themselves when they feel low so that behavior is dangerous in that they can cut themselves and probably they might have they, they might bleed to death or something it, it's not normal for you to cut yourself when you feel low so obviously there's a problem then here's a person who drives when they are drunk they know that they are drunk but they'll get behind the wheels and drive then obviously there is a problem because it's putting the lives of others at risk we have heard stories several times about people who have committed suicide who have tried to commit suicide but in the process committed uh, a crime of killing another person a homicide so obviously those are some of the three that can you can look out for then that's behavior then uh, when it comes to to thought because the mental illness has to do with the disruption in one how a person thinks how a person feels and how a person uh behave so if you're not able to edit your thoughts you are making unfair comparisons uh you are very negative and uh, and, and and all of these things that has to do with a disruption in your thoughts and there's a problem with your mental health or you might have uh, a, a mental a mental illness if your thoughts do not have a limitation we don't know which subject sometimes we don't know which subject is appropriate for uh, a, a certain kind of audio such as dealing with for example currently we're talking about this i'm not supposed to be thinking about strong things things that probably uh, and, uh, and do not do not uh, maybe do not correlate with what we're talking about right now then there might be a problem again we're looking at the severity of this then a person with good mental health also balances between trust and mistrust he does not look when a person has good mental health or the thought processes are good they do not look back to life's worst experiences in order to destroy the possibility of anything good someone broke up with you it's five years later but you can't move on anyone who wants to enter into a relationship with you think all men or all women are the same because of someone who disappointed you five years ago there must be uh, a problem then thoughts should not cause interpersonal conflict or distress so by that i mean they should not cause you this internal conflict within yourself we know that sometimes yeah you have this internal conflict but shouldn't be a problem that causes a disruption uh with your with your normal with your day-to-day life by that i mean for example if you have a social phobia phobia of meeting crowds then obviously uh that's a mental illness or a minor mental illness you then you are having you've been caught for a job interview and probably they'll pay you a lot of money and you refuse to go for this job interview simply for the reason that you're scared of crowds then there is a problem with your mental health um <laughs> today is that day i i i am just uh, i'm learning so much this is this is really interesting honestly 
and very eye-opening and I, feel, and I feel like it's very very important for us to understand these things because i feel like we need to every day go past that excuse of not seeing certain things in those around us you know and i think it's very necessary when we understand the predisposing um, factors, the precipitating factors, that once one of these events or occasions happen to someone around us, we should be looking out for a possibility of a mental illness there because something has happened to them that has the um, ability to trigger an episode in those people around us. Aside all these beautiful things that you've just mentioned right now that are super yeah. eye-opening and I think are very very necessary for us to to understand um maybe just around this topic as well when we talk about um mental illness what exactly are we talking about what is mental illness so like i mentioned the mental illness is a mental health condition that has a negative effect on the way an individual thinks the way they feel and the way they behave. So if you have a disruption in how you think, how you feel and how you behave, then it becomes a mental illness. It could be all three of these or just one of these or two of these. It's still, again, you're looking at the severity. Uh, I, I remember during my first uh, class in psychiatry, I was told by my lecturer, that everyone has a mental illness, but the difference is the severity. So you're looking at the severity, but if you have anything that affects how you think, you feel, and behave, and again, it's different from what is normal, then that's a mental illness. Okay, so um, I would assume that the causes um, are the same precipitating factors and perpetuating factors that we spoke about before yes, were there yes. any specific yes. causes to mental illness and then the, the one that we talked about the biological factors that will, can lead to a mental illness the sociological factors and the psychological factors those are the ones that would lead to uh, a mental illness and obviously we said that this can be precipitating factors sometimes it can be uh, they can be predisposing factors sometimes, and they can be perpetuating factors sometimes. So, uh, for example, we know that uh, it's very possible that you can have a mental illness, you can have a sleep disorder, uh, sleep disorder as a result of, uh, of use of marijuana, you can have psychosis as a result of use of marijuana, you can have a sexual disorder as a result of uh, use of marijuana, you can have uh, you can have a mood disorder as a result of of marijuana you can have an anxiety disorder as a result of use of, of, of all of this so marijuana that can either be the precipitating factor because it causes the mental illness the development of a mental illness or sometimes it can be a perpetuating factor in that it's the fact that you're still smoking it's making it hard for the medication to work so it's a perpetuating factor it, it has made it hard for you to be treated effectively of the mental conditions that you have or a mental illness that you have okay so well um when i've noticed some of these things that we we just mentioned the deviant behavior and all this stuff in someone around me what is um the the right code of conduct what's the best course of action to take in a situation where I notice that somebody around me, a, a sibling or the person I'm dating or someone that's close to me, a workmate or a classmate, what's the best course of action to take after I've noticed these things in someone around me? Number one, you should understand them. Let them understand that you are there for them. Help them have the genuine trust in you because that's going to help you, number one, with uh, the next phase that you're going to do or what you're going to do next in that uh, when they have when you they have a trust they know that you are there they know that you care for them so then it becomes uh, it becomes easy for you to tell them to go and see a professional and to actually escort them it's very helpful that you escort them because so that they have 
the support. When you go to a psychiatric unit, most of the time they will need uh, they will need collateral history. They will need someone to be there so that they can give that side of the story as well. So uh, when you do that, you take them to a professional. It's not up to you to decide or to diagnose a person with uh, a mental illness. They know this one has depression. No, this one has an anxiety disorder. No, this one has panic attack disorder. But it's up to the professional, obviously, because most of the times we find that people self-medicate. I've had uh, uh, people who come to uh, the hospital saying, uh, uh, I remember last year there was a woman who came with uh, a child or a daughter who was 25 years old. And after the, the, the child had epilepsy, and I asked her how long the, 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 this woman who was 25 years old had epilepsy and said, well, it's, it's, it's a little above 10 years. And I said, okay, has she been taking? Has she been taking? And they said, yes. When I checked the medication that they were taking, they were taking, uh, there's a drug called Aten. So Aten is a drug that is used for Parkinsonism. So very, very different from what the person would, would take. So it's important wow. that you take them you take them to a professional who will be able to even prescribe the right medication for them. And sometimes they might not need medication, but you might start them on medication and might not help them because what they might just need is counseling and, and these different forms of treatment that we have. Interesting. So from, from the huge gamma of possible mental illnesses that someone can suffer from during the course of their lives, would we yeah. say that when someone suffers from depression or anxiety and, and, and all these conditions, do people actually heal completely from these conditions or you just go into um, remission or it's, it just settles down and you can go back right into it? Or do you, do you heal? Can you heal completely from it? Well, it, 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 it depends. There are certain uh, mental illnesses that, um, that are progressive. By that, I mean when they start, you can only uh, limit or reduce the symptoms, reduce uh, the frequency of the symptoms, and just uh, reduce the, prog- the progression of the, sim- the symptoms. But there are others which are, which are treatable. For example, there are forms of depression which are treatable. So once all treatment for six months, a person would be treated completely. But again, they would be predisposed to having a mental illness if they do not go through proper counseling so that they build uh, this wall around the mental wall that will help them. The others, for example, we know brief psychotic disorder. Brief psychotic disorder is, is treatable uh, completely. We know that... Uh, we know that um, delirium, for example, is also treatable completely. We know that uh, uh, cerebral malaria is treatable uh, completely as well. Uh, but the other, the other uh, mental illnesses, for example, schizophrenia, bipolar mood disorders, and other forms of depression that are not treatable, they are chronic. But it does not mean that a person will be unable to function. So that's the importance of treatment. The treatment will help the person be able to function 100% normally. So I know of a lot of lecturers, I know of a lot of medical personnel, I know of a lot of uh, engineers, teachers, accountants, for, for example, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and uh, depression, which is chronic, but with treatment that productively no one would even notice that the other than the interesting um so unfortunately we live in a, uh, a society where mental health or mental illnesses rather are still looked at with uh, you know the disdain so much disdain actually yeah. that we it's hard it makes it hard for people to even come out and express themselves um about what they're going through just because of the fact that we know that if there's even a slightest that i have a mental illness i will be looked at as you know um, 
an outcast almost we, for lack yeah. of a better term yes so i want i wanted to know what is the role or what role has stigma played in the evolution of mental illnesses uh, in times past okay uh how stigma has been very very uh has been an, you can't separate stigma with mental illness it's basically what helped us to develop even the forms of treatment that we have because a long time ago if you had a mental illness obviously those things that shall get demon possessed very common even now in, in mm-hmm. some societies especially christian societies uh just last week i heard a story about uh is it a 15 year old girl who was killed by uh her father and the pastor from that church because they tried to exercise exercise uh demons they thought this girl had demons when she actually had a mental illness and been uh, trying to exercise that she ended up dying so we know that from time in antiquity they used to think that people would have demons so they would go through a rigorous uh uh form of exorcism some of them would actually die some of them would have disabilities uh would have permanent disabilities as a result of that then we know that with time it started uh, improving and with the improvement of mental illnesses uh and the reduction in stigma we're seeing that we are having less mental illnesses because with less stigma people were able to come up and be treated but with stigma people will shun mental health services so um i'll give you a, a very good example um for example we know that in islam i, I read that in islam people with mental illnesses are treated as um, as people with special abilities are seen as uh, as uh, supernatural beings that are sent from 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 god from allah i don't know if it's in the past or, or now even now they do that but uh, from that point of view so you would find that even the mental facilities and not like the mental facilities that you would have in christian nations so there are more mentions in all of that because they really respect people with mental illnesses so you can tell that you can see that even the numbers of mental illnesses in islam are not as much as we have in christianity and i think it's simply because they have less stigma in islam as in christianity or in christian uh societies so a stigma makes it very very hard for 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 mental health services to thrive and stigma actually increases the number of mental illnesses because people are not able to visit mental health facilities to get the appropriate help that they that they need but one thing we should we should understand is that um um uh, mental illnesses uh not a decision but a disorder so with the same uh with the same courtesy and the same money that you should treat someone who has a medical condition you should treat uh, a person who has uh, a mental illness and not stigmatize them we've seen that um stigma actually starts from 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 our field so uh, we see that not a lot of people or not a lot of physicians would want to work in psychiatric unit and they would make fun of their friends who work in psychiatric unit we know that uh, mothers and fathers of families that have children with mental illnesses for example uh, down syndrome cerebral cerebral palsy and and, and all of these they'll try to hide them from the rest of the world so they'll keep this child in the house uh away from everyone else because that's stigmatizing themselves first and they're also scared of the stigma that they'll face from the environment is like that it's preventing that child from getting the treatment that will will help will help them so stigma is very detrimental to mental health this i'm 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 really glad that you stated um that mental health conditions are not decisions but rather the disorders as i think that is essential for all of us to understand and i think it's it's right at the roots of what we need if we're going to eliminate stigma once and for all understanding that the person who's going through it is sick 
they are sick and the same way you're sick with malaria or any other mental um, physical condition rather you could be sick with uh, a mental health condition and it's not a decision it's it's as you said a, a disorder and we ought to have a certain level of sympathy yeah. which i think i uh, like you said um our societies are opening up more and more every day uh, to to understanding these conditions but we still have a huge um way to go to get to a place where we are receptive to these situations and even um offer uh, you know a helping hand without so much trouble then you mentioned something that's very interesting and it's about spirituality and mental health the fact that we always i think it's the mess the first thing we say to someone who says they're depressed or they feel low we tell them to pray now i don't know if i'm the only person that has a problem with that um so maybe l- let's let's hear it from you what is the role of spirituality in mental um illnesses and 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 mental health as a whole what role does um spirituality play and is it okay for us to um to allude or to or, or to send everything and and write everything off and, and just say you know go for prayers or or just pray it out 